and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. that uh, we can just be confronted with truth and it can impact us and as we receive it, it can set us free and it can help us to experience all that you've got for us, Father. We just open up our hearts and we say, Father, we just want what you've got for us. Thank you, Father. I just feel like God just saying on my heart right now that the message isn't just for you. Often we approach it and we're like, okay, I'm ready to receive. This is for me. And even if you've got a need, I feel like God's just saying, this message is not just for you. This message is for people that you will meet. This is for people that you know. And so get ready to receive for other people tonight as well. The, the Christian is not called to a life of self-centeredness. The Christian is called to a life of selflessness, of being a blessing to other people. And so get ready to receive. Father, I thank you that as we receive... And we're blessed in that regard. We can be a blessing with what we know and, uh, uh, and what we have. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before we get into tonight's message, for those who were here um, last week, maybe just one or two things that stood out for you to throw you in the deep end. Lisa, we'll go with you first. <laughs> I know that you weren't here, so don't worry. But if uh, someone's got something that stood out for you, obviously if you've got notes, then uh, that's helpful. Uh, but um, anything that stood out for you from last week? One or two thoughts. Lucas? Cutting out the fluff. Cutting out the fluff. I'll say this. Uh, I taught a similar message in the morning. It's uh, Stellenbosch. Um, uh, but it was the PG version in the morning. <laughs> and the evening uh, version of it wasn't... Uh, I didn't hold back. And um, I didn't have time. And I was also wondering, should I put it online or not? Uh, and then eventually I decided I would. So I put it online <laughs> this morning. And uh, so it is available there now. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, it was basically cutting out the fluff. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes? Um, I wrote down here that God looks at the heart. Why are you doing what you are doing? God looks at the heart. So why are you doing what you're doing? It calls our actions into um, question with regards to motivation. Actions are important. I'm glad that everyone will close to the service. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. You know, so uh, we need to make sure that our outward appearances were, were something that it should be. But what is our motivation for a lot of the things that we do? That's uh, quite important. Edelweiss? That's good. Do you really believe that Jesus' blood or Jesus' sacrifice was enough? Uh, it's something that we all have to kind of look at because so often we want to add to it and say, okay, I believe that, but I also need to. And uh, so it's like, what is really important? Anyone? Go for it. If you don't know why you believe, you need to be humble enough to listen. Very good. Very good. And Sumi? Um, if you've got the reality of 
If you've got the reality, you don't need the shadow. Remember, I was teaching a parable last week, and then eventually I explained the parable. I trust that blessed you. <laughs> so, tonight we continue on talking just about receiving. Um, receiving, and it's not just about healing. It can be a miracle, answered prayer, anything like that. Um, but there's a, a huge place that we need to consider um, in this whole thing of walking in the supernatural, we need to consider the idea of receiving. Okay, what is receiving? How do we receive? Because most people have this faith attitude, it's a passive faith attitude of, I'm trusting God, and so I'm waiting. I'm trusting God, so I'm waiting. Okay, and um, that might be right, but it might be wrong, depending on where your heart's at. If you're waiting for God to do something, then you're wrong. If you're waiting on God in a sense of, um, not for Him to move, but for, for what you're trusting for to happen, knowing it's not God who's going to make it happen, but it's, 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 it's as you activate your faith, then that's fine. But I would just change, change my terminology and say, I'm not really waiting on God, I'm just waiting. <laughs> and while I'm waiting, what do I do? So that's, it. that's what we've got to consider. And uh, I've been... Um, throwing this out for a while, saying I'm going to teach on it, and now I'm going to teach on it. The place of honor in receiving. Honor. Anyone want to help us with a definition of honor? Anyone got a definition? How would you define honor? Go for it, Priyank. Reverence. Reverence. Respect. Another word? Integrity. Truth. Did you say truth? Yeah. So it is really, honor is really just honor, in, in honoring someone, it's having respect for someone. And it really plays an important part in uh, receiving from God, um, even with healing. Okay, obviously, uh, we always honor God, amen? What are some of the ways that we can honor God? Prayer? Sorry? Prayer? Okay, I could, couldn't hear that. Okay. <laughs> giving. Giving is a way of honoring God. And obviously our lifestyle, our, the way we live, I think that's what you were saying, Priyan. So, like, the way we live, like, obviously it honors God. But, you know, one of the ways, and this is always um, something that we can kind of um, underestimate, is that we are also to honor the person that God uses. And I'm not just talking about like me, for example, as a pastor, but I'm talking about anybody who's praying for you, anybody who's ministering to you, the minister who's ministering. You know, because so often we can come to receive a message and then the person that gets up to speak isn't the person we expected and then we don't receive anything. Why didn't we receive anything? Because we, we didn't have honor towards them. It wasn't because they were no good. It was because you were no good. Okay, and I've been in that position many times where I would be sitting there and I'd be like, I really wish they would announce who was going to speak this Sunday because I wouldn't have come. And that was, in my heart, dishonor towards the individual that was going to speak. And that was obviously before Grace Life. Okay, but the point is, is that, um, I mean, I know in a lot of churches, they don't publish and announce who's going to be speaking because people wouldn't, like, they would pick and choose. And it shouldn't be a case of picking and choosing. You've picked your church, 
and now you trust that God through the leadership is putting someone at the pulpit, and so you trust that whoever they put at the pulpit is there for your benefit, for your edification, for to equip you, and so you're going to receive from them. Otherwise, you're in pride. Otherwise, it's you that's the problem. And so you need to adjust your heart and honor the person that God's going to use. You know, there's a, a passage in the, the Bible in the New Testament where they talk about uh, how a donkey gave a message. So you can sit there and go, if a donkey can be used, I mean, let's use American language, if an ass can be used, if God can use an ass, a donkey, then He can use anyone. I'm glad you're enjoying that, Jackie. If God can use an ass, He can use anyone, right? And I've honestly, maybe this isn't the right attitude, but I've sat in services and go, God, if you can use a donkey, then you can use this person that's standing up there, so I'm going to receive. And, you know, honestly, like someone messaged me recently, a friend of mine uh, abroad, and he said, hey, I hear that you're going to um, Europe and and one of the countries that you're going to, um, so-and-so is going to be there when you're there. And, like, that guy's not one of my spiritual leaders, not a mentor, nothing. Um, And he's not someone that I would really choose. You can choose who you go to. You guys have chosen to come here. So I, I, I messaged him back. I was like, I don't know what to say to him. So I made a joke about it. I was like, good for him. <laughs> I was like, I'm happy. I'm so glad that he's going to be there. And he messaged back and he laughed. He said, yeah, I thought as I sent the message, I was thinking to myself, I don't know what Shane going to do with this information. And I said, well, I don't know what you expected me to do with the information. <laughs> anyway, I can say more about that, but I'm not going to. Um, the point is, is like in the word we see God using many different types of people. And I mentioned this last week <clears throat> that even in, you know, the, Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he's writing to the Corinthian church because there's a lot of problems in the church. Okay. What are some of the problems? Racism. What are some of the problems? There's just a lot of relational issues and people are, are d- divided. And, you know, I'm following Paul, I'm following Apollos. And so there's all sorts of different squabbles. And then you've got all the sexual immorality, which is another story. But Paul's pretty much dealing with uh, division in the, in the church. And one of the things that he uses to bring in, uh, to, 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 to uh, talk about this, is the parable of the Lord's Supper. And he starts to bring that in, and he speaks about that, and he's like, uh, um, why are many of you getting sick and dying earlier? Because you're not discerning the Lord's body. Now, I know that you can interpret that in a number of different ways. It's not talking about getting sick and dying because you're not thinking about what do the elements mean. We are the Lord's body. People get sick and die prematurely because they don't discern the power of God in the brothers and sisters in Christ. A trinket can't heal you. (laughs) A lucky charm can't heal you. You know? But the power of God is in an individual. In an individual. And we don't look at the individuals, or we we look at the individuals and we go, I'm not going to ask them to pray for me. We all do it, right? I'm putting myself in your shoes so you feel comfortable to be honest. (laughs) I'm joking. I do the same thing. It's like, you know, if you go for a healing line, I've gone many times like for, to receive prayer or something, and then you get to the front and you're like, ah. You know, like, that's great. 
you know, and you're like, I was hoping they would pray for me, you know, you get kind of that. But it's like, if, 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 if the power of God is in people, then I need to look past the person to the, the power in the person. And what that takes is actually honor, you know. So familiarity can hinder you from receiving from God. You know, you, you could respect me and, uh, uh, and all of that, but if you're too familiar with me in a sense, it would cause you not to receive from me. And I've seen that. I remember, um, how do I dress this up? <laughs> I remember a situation where um, they, 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 this, this family I was with, there was, I just arrived at the house and there was a bit of sickness and things like that. And, and you know, it, was, it wasn't a nice situation. And so I was, I was ready. I, was, I came to minister to them. So I was like, I'm ready to minister to you. And um, so, like, I remember getting ready, you know, like, to, to pray. And I haven't seen them in a long time. And then one of the family members said, are you asking him to pray? And straight away, I was like, you know what? I'm not wasting my breath here. Because there's no honor here. So they're not going to get anything, even if I pray my best prayer. So I didn't pray. They were sick for two weeks or so. And it was COVID. And I was in their house. I didn't get it. <laughs> I had COVID. I did get COVID, but not that time. <laughs> Just to, before you think I'm floating on a cloud. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. You know, when people had COVID, they were coughing and spluttering and... So it's like, it's difficult not to catch something if you're in close proximity with someone, right? Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you've received, freely give. This is what Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's giving them authority, not just for the sake of a badge, a naughty badge, but for, to do something with, for action. So it's like, with, with what God's given us, are we doing something with it? Put healing and power and all of that aside. With the love of God, are you doing something with it? Like, are you loving on people or are you not? So you can equate this to anything. Okay? Jesus gave them authority to heal the sick. And, you know, something I'm believing more and more and seeing more and more is that that had to be received. It had to be received. Okay, and there's many things that we can say with that, um, but if we look at it in terms of, I think I spoke about this maybe a little bit a week or two ago, but if we look at it in terms of the gospel, the gospel is the greatest, or receiving the gospel brings about the greatest miracle of all, which is salvation. Okay, so salvation is greater than healing. Okay, salvation is greater than healing. Some of you don't seem convinced, so I'm just saying it again. But now, how do I receive the greatest miracle of all? I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth. Those two, two things link together, activate faith, and I have the Spirit of God coming to dwell in me for eternity. That's awesome. Okay? Now, if I go and preach the gospel, does it save people? No. What saves people? When they receive the gospel. Because they have to believe it or receive it. Okay? The same thing with healing. And I said this last week. I won't 
minister to someone, or the week before, I won't minister to someone without first of all encouraging them in the Word. Because the Word is the seed that needs to be present for there to be a miracle. Okay? So it's important for us to, to realize that we need to help people to receive. Matthew chapter 10, verse 12. And when you come into a house, salute it. <laughs> and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it not be worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. So this is emphasizing the place of receiving. You need to receive in order to have. Okay? Yeah, you, 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 they have uh, to be worthy, in this context, they had to be worthy of receiving the disciples. How were they worthy of receiving the, the disciples? By welcoming them. What is welcoming them? It's honor. Okay? It's honor. And when they were received, when they were honored and received, the disciples, what did the disciples bring with them? Look at the, this verse. What verse is it? Chapter 10 verse 40. Oh, no, it's not 40. It's uh, <laughs> 12. Okay. Chapter 10 verse 12. Can you go back to the verse before that? Verse 8. Okay. So the order is... Okay, the order is, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, now freely give, and then go to the next uh, slide. And when you come to a house, now when you come to a house to minister, they need to honor you. They need to receive you in order to be able to get what you carry. You get that? So often we think, wham, bam, you know, there you go, you got it. No, it's not. Okay, we were watching videos about that the other day. It was fun. But the point is, you know, it's not like that. Because it needs to be received. In some of those instances, people do get healed. Why? Because they received. In some of those instances, people don't get healed. Why? Because they didn't receive. They had to do with their receivers. Okay? Did they believe? Did they receive? Okay? Now, Jesus spoke about this further down to verse 40. So next slide. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. Look at the honor there. You know, one of the... It's always easier to minister in someone else's church. Okay? In, in a way. In a way. Because uh, here, I mean, like last Sunday, I just kind of let loose and I can do that and I enjoy that. You know, I, can, I don't have to hold back. In someone else's church, I have to hold back always. But... In someone else's church, depending on how they receive me, it depends on what I can do. And, you know, my favorite ministry moment ever, well, one of them, okay, but one of my, my, my best ministry moments was, uh, uh, um, um, one of them was here in Bontierville, where I'm ministering on Monday night, this Monday, and it was, it was quite something, because the way they introduced me, the way they received me enabled me to stand up on stage and minister in the prophetic and just go for it. And I mean, I was saying things and this woman's crying and this is happening and it was awesome. The same thing then happens at, uh, 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 when I was in London and I was ministering at Ben Conway's church. And uh, it was a healing service and uh, I've not ever in 
13 years of ministry experienced the presence of God in a service like that. It was something phenomenal. Like, and why? I wish I had recorded how he introduced me. Honestly, because I, when, he, when he introduced me, I was like, I want to hear this guy speak. <laughs> like, I promise you, like, he, he's brilliant at it. He's brilliant at it. And I even, like, you know, I had uh, Peter and Natasha with me, and I had Kunrad with me, for those of you who know them, and Angelo was with me. And we were all like, wow, that was amazing. I was like, did anyone record that? Like, because they didn't even record it, because I wanted the recording of that, because I wanted to learn how to do that for people. You know, because it was amazing. But then I get up, and now everyone's expecting Jesus. <laughs> because that's how he introduced me. And I promise you, Jesus was there. And Jesus moved, and people got healed. And at the end of the service, I was like, you know, people were, I was cultivating like worship time and whatever. And I was like, I don't know what else to do here. I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't know what else to do. I've called out things, and we've had this, and we've had that. And so I just kind of gave the mic back to Ben. And I went nicely to my, my chair, and then he stood there and he was like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> and he said it, because he said, what do you do in a moment like this? You don't want to stop it, but it's like you have to, and, and he just said, let's just enjoy it for a bit longer. And so we just kept worshipping for a while. And it was all because of honor. Some of us come to church and we expect business as usual, and that's familiarity, which means nothing new can really happen. Because you're not participating. So that's why we don't experience a lot of supernatural in the, unless we have a guest speaker. You know, Pastor Isaac's bringing the fire next week. You must come. <laughs> Reverend uh, Porter has declared it. <laughs> so, he that receiveth you receiveth me. So what happened in London? They received Jesus. You know, one of the, the services I ministered at there, uh, and I've shared this testimony with you before, but uh, I really just felt on my heart, someone's got an eyesight problem, but it's getting like worse. So it's like I saw a lot of glasses and I said, it's not you guys. I was like, it's somebody whose eyesight's getting worse and it's actually like a big problem. And so I shared that. And then afterwards, I had a line of people <laughs> for eyesight. And I mean, one of the guys in the line was like, I don't know if it's me, because they also came and they also came and they also came. I was like, do you want it to be you? And he said, yes, but look at everyone. I was like, but do you want it to be you? Because if you want it to be you, it can be you. And he was like, no, I just don't know. Because I was like, God doesn't have one miracle waiting for the right person. It can be for any one of you. But if you take it, you can all have it. And I don't know if he got anything, but there was one girl in that line. I prayed with and left it. And a year later, I met her mom when I was at um, our sister church in Zimbabwe. And the mom came up to me. I didn't even know the mom was there. And she came up to me and she said, you prayed for my daughter in London last year. And I was like, oh. And she said, the next day she went to the optometrist and she doesn't need her glasses anymore because her eyesight, she needed thicker glasses, but now it's completely healed. And I was like, I have to wait a year for that testimony. But that's awesome. You know, it, 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 it's, it's all like ben, ben Conway calls it this. It's, it's the um, fun uncle syndrome. Yeah, I'm the fun dad here, but it's like you're familiar with your dad. So it's like, what can dad do for me? But when the fun uncle comes to town, he's got something up his sleeve for you, you know. <laughs> and he's, going to, he's the one who's not going to discipline you. He's not the one who's going to moan at you or put you in line or say, hey, 
you know, you're out of line. What is he going to do? He's going to give you chocolate. He's going to keep you up late. He's going to make you sure you're having a good time. That's the fun uncle's job. But the dad's job is, listen guys, we need some order in the house. You're out of line. <laughs> Repent. You know. So it's, a, it, it's easier to receive when, when, when there's a, no familiarity there. Verse 14, 41. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive the prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So a man's receiving is by honoring whom God sends. A man's receiving is by honoring the man that, a God, that God sends. And you know what's important to see there? Is that God sends a man. Amen? We don't expect that. Man as in man or woman. Okay, but we don't, we don't often see that in the sense of we think that God's, God's got to use someone else. Surely not this person. You know, Lord, they don't dress not, like, actually, this is a good testimony. I, um, we were running a church planting school in, in the States, and um, I had organized it, and we had all the big boys from around coming and, and sharing their uh, 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 worth of um, gold for, for church planters and aspiring church planters. And one of the church planters, now we had what was really cool, was we had, um, uh, we had Marcus Wick come, okay? Um, and I don't think he would mind me sharing this. But Marcus Wick came and he was a, I mean, he operates in the prophetic. And he's come here and he's ministered here. And um, there was another prophet, someone who's prophetic uh, uh, from um, up country in the States. And uh, if you compare the two kind of prophets, if you want to call them that, they're very different. Okay. And Marcus Wick gives this illustration. He gave this illustration when he came to... to um, uh, grace life the first time and that is that we need to honor the, the person that God's using by recognizing that sometimes um, like the packaging isn't what we desire or what we like and so he says like I could give you a nice gift wrapped up and it's got a bow on it and it looks amazing or a brown paper bag and it's like which one do you want most people maybe not you for some psychological reason, would go for the nicely looking gift. You might like think I'm not worthy of that, let me go for the brown bag. That's why I say it's a psychological issue. But most of us would go for the nice looking bag. But what we don't realize is there's a cupcake in it. Or popcorn. Or something of lesser value to a brown paper bag full of money. Cash. Hundred dollar bills. It's like... It, you know, sometimes there's gold in something that we don't appreciate, the, the box, right? Okay, we, it stands to reason. So we, the, this, this prophet, who is ultimately just a false prophet um, and has been exposed as one, this, not Marcus Wick, this other guy, he is slick. He's got a, he, he dresses like every single one of you. If you saw him, you would like the way he dresses. You would like the way he talks. He moved me to tears one service where he was prophesying over me. And afterwards I realized this guy just read me so well. It wasn't a spiritual gift. It was a gift of reading people. And he was just like saying things and he's got the gift of the gab and whatever. And then you have Marcus Wick, who's awesome. 
But he doesn't dress the way that all of us would love him to dress, like if you look at him. And he's kind of goofy, actually. Okay? Don't tell him I said that. I love the guy. I love his wife. They're friends of ours, and I'm, I'm close with them. But here's the thing. Like, this, at this church planning conference, um, the, the, one of the students came to me, and he was like, I'm really just struggling to receive from Marcus. I'm really, Marcus just taught a session and I, I just struggling to receive them. And I said, you know why? Because you're carnal. I said, you're looking at the package. You prefer this other uh, guy, Prophet Doofus, because he's got the, the sh- shebang and the, the charisma and it's all like that. And I was like, you're honoring him so you'll receive from him, but you're dishonoring Marcus so you won't receive from him. And he was like, you're right. I said, oh, no, I'm right. Get back in there because he had left the room. I was like, you need to go back in there. And you need to sit and you need to take notes. Because that's why you came here. God knew you were coming. And so that's why he sent Marcus. <laughs> so, dishonor is costly. Dishonor is costly. If you despise something or someone, you're not going to receive from them. You're not going to receive from them. Okay? So, as believers, we need to be cautious of information that we're exposed to and I mean you know like you you might be exposed to information about me and it hardens your heart or you might not and you just push it aside but depending on whatever gossip is going around you know so you need to be careful about what you allow in your heart and what you don't allow in your heart case in point first Samuel chapter 1 verse 12 to 17 You've got the King James up there. I'm reading in the New King James, but you can follow up there. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli, who was the priest, prophet, that Eli watched uh, her mouth, the the priest. Now Hannah spoke to her heart, in in her heart, um, only her lips moved. So she's doing this. She's not making a sound. She's not speaking out loud. Okay? Her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. For out of the abundance of my uh, complaint and grief I have uh, spoken until now. Then Eli answered her and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Now, if you inspect that, did uh, uh, Hannah have some kind of reverence and honor for Eli? Yes. Okay, yes, she did. You don't have to look too deep there. There's definitely honor there. Okay. Did you know, if, if you read, um, uh, uh, it's not on the screen, but 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12, it says this, Now the sons of Eli were corrupt, and they didn't know the Lord. And this is what everybody knew about Eli and his family. They were dysfunctional. They were wicked, the Bible even says. And you know who God blamed for that? Eli. Because Eli didn't uh, 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 lead his family, his household. He was quiet about it. He didn't discipline his sons. He was quiet about it. Okay? So Eli was, didn't have a good reputation. 
Okay, Eli didn't have a good reputation. And uh, with, uh, with, if someone has a bad reputation, it's easy to dishonor them. It's easy not to receive from them. And I love this passage because she spoke to him in honor. She spoke to him in honor. She had honor in her heart towards him, even though she knew him better. But you know what she was really doing? Was she was honoring the position, the office that he had, not honoring him for, for his dysfunctional family. She was honoring him for, for what God had put on him. Okay? It's funny, because uh, in, in Grace Life, a lot of, uh, over the years, it's been funny to see how people come in, and then they're kind of like reverence towards me, and then when they go on a mission trip, it changes everything. <laughs> you know, because, okay, they see me up front, on the, up, up on the platform, and then they see me behind the platform. And uh, I'm the same person, but at the same time, I'm not uh, walking around on a cloud and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm normal. I'll, I'll make jokes, I'll play jokes, I'll, you know, cook lasagna with a blowtorch. Um, you know, things like that. <laughs> we, we didn't have, in Zimbabwe the one year, we didn't have um, electricity the one night, and uh, Anna had made this lasagna. And so it couldn't cook. And so I got the um, spray and cook. And I got a candle. And I was <laughs> doing it like this. You know. And uh, things like that. But anyway. The point is. Is that an attitude of honor will always receive from God. Because after this. Uh, Hannah received from God. An attitude of honor. To whom? Not to God. Obviously to God as well. But to the person that God's using to minister to you. Okay, if there's no honor towards the vessel, there's not going to be uh, receiving any uh, gift. So we've got to look at this. You know, receiving is, uh, a, 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 has got a lot to do with honor. What's in your heart towards the individual? Now there's a lot of, in, in, in church culture worldwide, not just in Africa, but worldwide, there's a lot of... Um, Honor which is taken to an extreme and it's not uh, healthy. Okay, and we're going to talk about that now. But now I remember I opened up my Bible to John chapter 1. <laughs> so look, to, look with me at John chapter 1. Verse uh, 6. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And it goes on. But the key here is, there was a man sent from God. His name was John. Yeah, so whenever someone stands up front, we've got to kind of have this attitude in our hearts of, there was a man sent by God, today it was shame. Which incidentally means God's gracious gift. <laughs> there was a man sent by God. Next week it's Pastor Isaac. And we've got to see that. Like, that's the attitude in which we need to receive the person standing up front. Now, on the wrong side of this, this uh, uh, um, issue, you'll have people... Um, uh, I know a lot of uh, churches, especially in the States, that when, when, when someone stands up to preach, it doesn't matter who they are, it doesn't matter what they say, you know, they, they'll honor them by applauding and whatever, and that person can speak a whole lot of junk, and they'll honor them and they'll applaud them and whatever. That's, don't do that. Okay? You know, you, it's nice to, to honor like that, but at the same time, make sure you're honoring 
uh, the right stuff and the right person. Okay? I might not say everything right, but at the same time, you can still receive from me because this is your family. Okay? Now, uh, there's also a lot of um, dodgy honor in the church where like, you know, the man of God arrives and everyone bows down. We don't do that. That's ungodly. Okay? Or the man of God arrives and then uh, 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 you do anything for them. Don't do that. Like, we're not worshipping the man of God. We're honoring the man of God or the woman of God. And especially not by calling them man of God. Okay? <laughs> Whoever God's using. You know, the person next to you could pray for you. And you need to honor them as the man or woman of God. Because the Spirit of God is in them. And the thing is, is like often we don't receive from the person sitting next to us because we are actually disesteeming them in our hearts and in our minds. And not looking at them as though this is actually someone who's, who, love, who loves Jesus, but they're full of Jesus. Because we grade each other based on how well we know each other. Okay? So, it's important in all of this, this honor, to, to realize that uh, uh, it's, it's about our hearts towards the individual that's, uh, that God is using. Now, I want to jump down to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, it's another slide further down there. And I got it in the New King James. Because there's something of honor that we can learn from the, the account of the woman with the issue of blood. Okay, so Mark chapter 5 verse 25. It says, Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians, she had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. The same thing happens today. <laughs> People spend a lot, of, like doctors are great and they can help us, but they don't, they, they, they're not perfect. There's some things they can't help with. And sometimes you're spending more money and it's just getting worse. Okay, but I love this. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she hadn't met Jesus, but she had heard about him. Okay, when she had heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Verse 29. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt well. And I just lost my place. Verse 29. 29. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you. And you say, Who touched me? And he, said, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, see this honor there, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now what I like of the, in all of this is that um, firstly, like Jesus didn't decide, Hey, here's this woman with a 12-year problem. I'm going to fix the problem today. Okay, that didn't happen. What happened was, Jesus was going about his merry way, and this woman was like, I'm going to take what I need now. So, that shows us that you can decide when you want to receive. 
And receiving is something that we need to actively be part of. Okay, but we're looking specifically right now in um, at uh, 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 how honor played a role here. How did honor play a role here? Okay, she heard about Jesus. So obviously something she heard caused her to honor Jesus in her heart. She heard about Jesus, so she acted on that. Okay. And then it says, um, she came and she reached out to touch him because she had said in her heart, if I touch the, the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. And then she was well. It shows you that she had honor that if I just do this, then I'm going to get what I need. Because that's where my answer is. And you can see honor written all over this. She didn't kind of like tackle him. She just touched the hem of his garment. She knew that was enough. Okay. And then you see um, that the, the, the she's healed of her affliction and Jesus knew that power had gone out from him. And uh, so now he's like inquiring of who was this. And it says, the woman, verse 33, fearing and trembling, fell down before him. That, that's honor. Now you don't have to fear and tremble the pastor or the person sitting next to you and fall on your face before them. Okay? You don't need to do that. Amen? But... Something in your heart needs to reflect honor. Something in your heart needs to reflect honor. And honor, what, what's in your heart will always come out. So there's probably going to be some form of action which reflects honor. And guess what? It's going to be according to your culture and your context. So, you know, in our culture here, we don't do Pastor Shane, Pastor this, Pastor that, but you've heard us say many times tonight, Pastor Isaac, because that's culture. When I go to Zimbabwe, I'm Pastor Shane. I don't mind, you know, because it's, it, it, it's a way of honoring the culture. In our culture, it's, a, it, it, it's, it's kind of different, you know. It, 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 it's, for me, it's, 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 I don't like it. So I prefer to, to say pastor is a function, not a title. But for a lot of people who, who kind of then, um, you know, kind of don't engage with pastor, become, there's less honor a lot of the time. And in our culture, um, I mean, you've got some churches which will vote the pastor in and vote the pastor out. And, you know, there's no honor there. It's kind of like, what is this guy going to do for us? And as soon as he does something that's challenging, we have a meeting and we vote him out. I know of churches like that. That's not honor. Honor would be kind of more, uh, 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 even though you're saying something difficult to me, um, I'm receiving it. Do you know that probably, I can't say this, is, this individual's the person who's received the most in the ministry from me. I can't say that for sure. But one of the people who's received a lot, <laughs> one of the most from me, is Etienne. Why? Because he's had like an immense amount of honor for me from day one. He's always had honor towards me. And I have called him out in difficult things. I've pulled him off of leadership many times, years back. And I've put him in his place. And I even messaged him this week and I said, man, uh, I need to talk to you. And I need to talk to you in person. But um, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Um, what does your week look like? You know, I can also message you if I need to. And he messaged me back and he said, 
just say it on message, it's fine, because I know that you're busy at the moment. And he was like, I can handle it. <laughs> and I was like, I really appreciate that you automatically thought that I was going to rebuke you or correct you or say something. And I'm really like, that's amazing that you're ready to receive that from me. But it's got nothing to do with that. It's, it's something else completely, you know. And I was just like, this guy's heart is so honoring in the way that he, he, he does things that it's okay. And often I've made decisions he doesn't like. And he can contest them. And he can say, you know, I disagree. I think we should do this. But I'll go with what you say at the end. And then, you know, there, there's an honor there that makes working with him a pleasure. So, you know, he's received a lot because of that. But then there's others who, who don't do that. They don't last very long. But honor is key. But let's look at this passage and see what else we can pull out of it. She spoke out her faith. What did she say? Verse 28, she says, If I may only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So this is what she said within herself. She said this. Okay? we got to see faith speaks. Faith speaks. Okay? So, you know, what, what happens in, 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 in us setting ourselves up to receive from God is we need to kind of like fill ourselves with the Word, see what's possible, and then we've got to decide what we want and actually start to speak that out. Okay, we've got to decide in our heart, you know what, I'm healed. I, I, I'm not going to live with this forever. I'm going, you know, if I go to that meeting and when I get prayed for, I know I'm going to be healed. I'm going to phone these, you know, like we've got to actually like have issues, uh, attitudes like this. Where we kind of like determine that this is how it's going to be, I've decided. Because I believe that the power of God is there, so I'm going to go there. You know, I've been to many meetings, many, many meetings, like uh, big healing things and small healing things and whatever, you know, when I've needed and when I haven't needed. But I've always, whether I've needed a, a healing or not, I've gone with the attitude of, I'm going to get something here. Because, like, I'm not coming just to see, I wonder what's going to happen today. Let's, let's check this out. Whenever I go with that attitude to anything, I don't get anything. We have to go with an attitude of, I'm going to get something. God's going to speak to me. Yeah, I remember going to one meeting where um, I actually, I knew a couple of people from out of town, but I didn't know, I wasn't known. I was just a person who came by themselves and nobody knew me, okay, except a few people sitting down there and there was hundreds of people in the auditorium. And I remember sitting right at the back on the left and I was like, I know I'm going to get what I need from God today. I'm going to get it. Father, I'm, I'm taking what I need right now. And so I didn't know what the altar call was, but I was like, I'm standing up as soon as they do whatever they're doing. Unless it's for salvation, because I got that. And I was like, and I'm going forward. And it matched in with what I needed, and I got up and I walked to the front, and it was awesome. Because I was determined, I'm not going to kind of see what happens, I'm going to take what I need. And that's what this woman did. You know, hearing the word isn't an action. Hearing the word isn't an action. You hearing this message isn't an action. Hearing provides a resource to start your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Hearing provides the resource to start your journey of faith then. So when you hear, you need to decide, okay, what am I going to do with this? You can't just file it in your mind, now I've got this lovely library in my mind and... It doesn't work like that. 
what are you going to do with what you've heard? Because faith acts. Faith acts. Faith does something. Okay, faith does something. She did nothing until she did something. Amen? It's very deep. So when you hear a teaching, you're not the one speaking it. You're not the one acting it. Only when you say something or act upon it, that's when your faith is starting to work. So when you hear a message, you've got to say, okay, what am I going to do with this? And then you need to decide in your heart, how am I going to respond to this? What am I going to say every day? What am I going to say when I get home? What decision am I going to make? How am I going to change my life in, in uh, uh, connection with what I've received right now? You know, the first action that you'll know that you have faith is in what you say when you walk away. So if you walk away and go, oh, I don't know about that. That was interesting. <laughs> That's not working then. It's, it, there's nothing that, that God can't do anything with that. You'd have to go and uh, kind of maybe even just check, is my heart in honor or dishonor? Because maybe that's what's causing you to wonder. Okay? The first time we speak after we receive the word is when we're actually taking God's word and putting it on our mouth, in our mouth, and speaking it out. Then it becomes our word. We're speaking His word. It's coming out of our mouth. That's faith. Okay, this woman had been sick for how long? 12 years. Okay, she was, she was using drugs, <laughs> medicine, right? It says she was doing all sorts of things with the physicians and she was probably talking about it. We all do that. We tend to, to talk about everything that we're doing in the natural, but we don't talk about the things that we're doing in the, in the spiritual or in the supernatural. So she probably, she had to change at some point. When she heard what Jesus said, she started to change what she said about her situation. Okay? So this, I don't know how long ago she heard about Jesus, but she had heard about Jesus. Now she's suffering and she's like, nothing I'm doing is working. All I'm doing is spending my money. I'm going to doctors and this is just not working. And I'm trying everything I know to do and it's not working. I'm sure that she even uh, tried to go to the temple. I'm sure she did, because it sounds like she's got some kind of fear of God. And so she's kind of like, I don't know what else to do anymore. And then someone says, but have you heard about this Jesus guy? He's healed the sick, he's raised the dead, he's uh, cleansed the lepers, he's cast out demons. You know, I know about this story and I've heard about that one. And, you know, and all of a sudden, she hears the word. And so faith is... It's possible for, for there to be faith now, because she's heard the word. But faith isn't active yet until she started to say, you know what, where is he next? Do you know where he is? Because I'm going to go, because I'm going I'm to get my healing now. If he can do it for, for those people, I'm sure he can do it for me. And so, you know, then she heard that he was passing through town, and she had determined. And now she's not talking maybe so much about all the problems that she's had. Now she's talking about the solution that she's going to have. And she's like, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. There he is. He's got, have you ever seen a crowd around someone? It's, it, it's, it's impossible. I avoid those kind of situations. You know? But now she's like, I need to get to him, so I'm going to have to push through all these people to get to him. And then 
I'm going to not probably be able to speak to him or anything. So I'm just going to touch the hem of his garment and I know the power will come. I'm going to be healed. So she had spoken her faith and then she didn't just speak her faith. What did she do? She actually did something. She followed through on it. Okay. Some of us don't realize that Jesus is in the room. It's true. He's sitting next to you. He's sitting in you. He's standing up front at the pulpit. Where one was Christ. Did you think he was on some planet called heaven? What does the Bible say? He's one with, I'm one with him. You're one with him. We don't have that consciousness and that reality, so we don't experience that. So, she acted on what she said. She didn't just say something. And all over this is, it, it, it's just honor. It's honor. So when we honor, we can receive. When we honor, we can receive. You know, um, I, when I started to see this, I had to change my, my attitude. And I remember going, okay, you know what? I don't need to fight things by myself. I'm rather going to say, hey, would you pray for me? And I must be careful not to just be like, you know, ooh, I must phone Pastor Isaac. Pastor Isaac, would you pray for me? You know, I can do that. I've got his number. <laughs> but I can also phone other people. I can also ask people that I see. And, you know, like I've seen awesome things happen since then. But the point is, is that we mustn't undervalue the people that are around us. But we tend to do that. So we need to ask ourselves, like, this question of honor. Am I honoring those that I should honor? And how can I kind of get into a position or a, a, um, a posture of honoring so that I can receive? So that I can receive. So she received her healing. That's key there. And I think we'll leave that there. But Father, I just, I just thank you that this message would just go deeper into our hearts so we can get the full impact of it right now. I just pray for everyone listening right now that if, they, if there's someone that they're not honoring the way that they should, someone that you've put in their life to be a blessing to them, not just in terms of um, uh, healing, but even just in terms of support, not financial, but financial as well, but more so just in a sense of you know, people are supposed to be a blessing to us, but sometimes we don't allow them to be. I thank you that you would just speak to our hearts right now and show us if we need to adjust our attitudes towards anyone and start receiving from them. Help us not to look at the brown paper bag sometimes, Father. But to look and not judge according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Help us to see with the eyes of the Spirit when we evaluate each other and when we evaluate whoever stands up at the pulpit. Thank you, Father. 
If God's showing you someone on your heart that you haven't really esteemed like you should, you haven't really honored like you should, I just encourage you to pray now and, and ask God to show you how you can change that. Who, how can you honor them to kind of just express that? It might not be that you have to do something, but maybe you will have to do something. Maybe it's just giving them a gift. Maybe it's uh, just giving them a word of encouragement or saying something to them that's going to bless them. It's not about you. It's about them and blessing them and honoring them. Thank you, Father, that your Spirit is in us, your Spirit is in us as a church, and you've got so much for us. So I thank you that as we honor those around us, and then we humble ourselves to ask for prayer, we humble ourselves to ask for ministry. I thank you that, like your word says, you give grace to the humble, but you resist the proud. So. In our demonstration of humility to ask for prayer, I thank you that you exalt us in that situation, Father. And you are there. we're going to see a flow of the miraculous, of the supernatural. In the name of Jesus. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.co.